going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Our premier doing the cabinet shuffle earlier today. It's not really that exciting, especially when it comes to just a couple of ministers that are going to be part of this shuffle. But I want to talk about uh, maybe the bigger questions of where this means as we're headed to a provincial election next year. What about the gender equality in cabinet? Lori Williams, Associate Professor of Political Science, Mount Royal University, joins us today. Hello, Lori. Hi, Angela. Impressed at all by the cabinet shuffle? Well, uh, it makes sense because she's got two um, current members of cabinet that are not going to be running again, and she needs to have a good cabinet going into the next election. People who got performance experience in cabinet, so they've got a better chance of winning their seats in the next election. And so did you expect more, though, or just the, the two with Stephanie McLean and Brandy Payne? Well, it, it had to be those two. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the very minimum, that would have had to be in what, what happened with it. Uh, I think it's significant that the replacement is a Calgary um, MLA. Uh, again, important that she retain that balance, the geographic balance as she's speaking about it. Tells us that Danielle Larive, I, I mean, she seems to be one of the stars in this cabinet. She's taking on um, the additional responsibilities left by Stephanie McLean. Um, so she's going with her strength and she's trying to ensure regional representation. But she's keeping it a lean and mean cabinet, um, and that's probably a good thing. That's one of the things that will she'll be able to sell going into the next election. But, of course, this isn't going to be the only question going into the next election. It isn't going to be the only question. Uh, Brian Mason, I, I, I thought maybe something would happen with Brian Mason. I'm, I'm thinking that he's not, I thought that he wasn't running in the next election. I hadn't heard that. He's one of their stars. Yeah. Um, and I I mean, obviously, he's got the most experience um, of anybody in that cabinet and is an important person to retain there. <clears throat> so I, my guess is just because of his strength and the importance of having strong people going into the next election, it's going to be a really tough election for the NDP. Well, I think across the board, it's going to be a tough election. It's going to be hard fought. And they want their best people in there. And uh, unless there's some compelling reason for Brian Mason to leave, um, the party needs him. Yeah, and I may have misspoke, but I swore that Brian's made some hints that uh, that he's not running again. But I will uh, double check on that for sure. So we we've lost two women from cabinet. Um, Premier Notley saying that's not a big deal. We're just down by one woman. But uh-huh. ultimately, how difficult is it for um, a premier? Well, even we've seen the prime minister to talk about having this fifty-fifty gender split. Uh, you know, Stephanie McLean has talked about how difficult difficult it is to be a young mother and also an MLA splitting her time between Calgary and Edmonton. Is that going to be a a tough promise to fulfill ultimately down the road for politicians and premiers? A lot of factors go into this. Um, One of the things that's helped in Rachel Notley's government is she's got a large female caucus. So so going to uh, or shooting for 50% cabinet when you've got a a caucus is very close to 57%. I think it's sitting at about 47. Um, That makes it much easier for them to to put together a good quality cabinet with with uh, 50-50 caucus members. And then they don't have to worry about somebody feeling like somebody got appointed to cabinet because of their gender, not because of their qualifications or, or resentment on the part of those who've been left out, etc. Much more difficult at the federal level where you don't have 
even in the Liberal Party, you don't have the same number of uh, or proportion of female caucus members. And so you have to, um, if gender is a consideration and you want there to be a balance there, then you are going to be appointing proportionally more women from caucus than you are men. And that can uh, generate some some resentment, some some problems, some questions. But Justin Trudeau and Rachel Notley are committed to this, and I think it is important. The other thing that Rachel Notley has done is she's changed the sitting hours of the legislature, not just for women, but for families, to make it easier for somebody to be a representative, um, a, a legislative representative, and also uh, a parent. And in politics, this is always a challenge. I mean, they're long hours, tough demands, particularly for cabinet ministers. Um, and if their riding is outside of the capital, it can really compound the difficulties associated with it. But I think Rachel Notley has made greater strides than any any leader that I've seen, certainly in, in North America, um, in trying to make it easier for someone to be a young parent and also um, uh, represent, be, uh, represent uh, their constituents in cabinet. I mean, ultimately, we won't know until the next provincial election whether or not some of these changes are encouraging more women to stand for office. But I, I sometimes look at what the, the dirty game of politics is, even all those other things aside. And I, I wonder if it is a career path that many women would even want to consider. Well, you're quite right. Um, it is harder for women. They do get more in the way of, of, of attacks. Um, it's not, and of course, everybody who follows social media sees the horrific things that are said about anybody that they dislike or mm-hmm. disagree with. But it's particularly uh, not just violent, but sexual, sexualized violent threats that are that are made against women. Um, you got to develop a very tough skin. But as we've seen, some of them have had to get. Uh, extra security because because the threats have reached that level or that seriousness where um, where police protection is seen as necessary for for some of these these leaders so there's no question there are this is one of many things that make it more difficult for women to join politics there's a long list um, but uh, there's not a whole lot that that uh, government can do except to ask um, provide good preparation and training for those who want to run for office and provide them the support they need once they're in there but it is it is a tough thing it's the way that politics is done uh, it's very combative um, not collaborative it doesn't doesn't sit as well with a lot of women as it does for for a lot of men, but there are lots of men that find it very uncomfortable too. Yeah, uh, and so with this mini cabinet shuffle, she's putting things in place as we head to what will probably be an election. She says no later than eleven months out. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're within a year of the election. The campaign's been underway, as we've seen for yes. some time. Um, and, but there's a lot of stuff that's still in flux, and I think it's going to be very interesting to watch what happens. The last really good poll we saw done, that Janet Brown poll that we saw done, um, that pulled from the end of April into the beginning of May, predated the uh, the announcement by the federal government that it was going to buy Kinder, or sorry, uh, Trans Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see, you know, what happens with, with the pipeline, if enough progress is made there, what happens to oil prices, what happens to the economy. Um, because if things remain... Uh, unchanged except for the pipeline, I think it's going to still be a pretty steep climb for Rachel Notley. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Lori, thanks so, so much for your input on this one. Oh, my pleasure, Angela. Lori Williams, Associate Professor, Political Science, Mount Royal University. It is 417. Let's see how things are going on the roads.